I'm Graham Smith. I'm the head of the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Queen's University and the Kingston Health Sciences Centre in Kingston, Ontario. We established the Mothers Program to provide a reliable source of information about pregnancy on the internet with the goal to improve mothers' health through education, research, and screening. The Mothers Podcasts are an extension of that. Today, we're going to be discussing sex after pregnancy, and our guest is Dr. Marissa Hornichuk. Dr. Hornichuk is an obstetrician gynecologist and assistant professor at Queen's University in the Kingston Health Sciences Centre, who has an interest in sexual health as part of her clinical practice. Marissa, welcome, and thank you for speaking with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Graham. So before we talk about sex after pregnancy, can we talk a little bit about sex during pregnancy? Yes, absolutely. So I've heard from many pregnant women that during the first trimester, when they may have nausea and vomiting, they're fatigued as their body gets used to pregnancy, they have no interest in sex. But in the second trimester, as those things hopefully are settling down, women often talk about an increase in their libido. And then the third trimester, they have to figure out how to deal with this increasing abdominal size. What do you say to your patients when they ask about sexual activity during pregnancy? So first of all, for the majority of women, sex during pregnancy is safe. We know that sex does not cause miscarriage or pose any risk to the baby. As you said, it's very common for libido to be low in the first trimester, but many women do become more interested in sexual activity once the nausea and fatigue start to improve. Then in the third trimester, With a large belly, finding a comfortable position can be a challenge and may take a little bit of experimenting. Some things I recommend, first of all, you want to avoid lying flat on your back or on your stomach. Classic missionary position can also be quite uncomfortable with a partner putting pressure on your belly. So positions like side lying, woman on top, or standing can all be more comfortable while you're pregnant. You can also use pillows to help prop you up or between your knees. Oral and anal intercourse are also both safe during pregnancy. The one caveat to that, I do recommend that your partner not blow any air into the vagina during oral sex. That could potentially increase the risk of a very rare complication called an air embolism. I recognize that sex is more than just intercourse, but are there situations during pregnancy where you would recommend that they don't have intercourse? Yes. So if you have a condition called placenta previa, where the placenta is covering your cervix or vasa previa, you should avoid vaginal intercourse. I would also use caution if you're at risk for something like preterm labor. So for example, if you have a twin pregnancy or if you've ruptured your membranes or broken your water. If you have any questions at all about safety with pregnancy and sex, I would recommend that you speak directly to your obstetrical care provider. And any concerns about orgasms in pregnancy? Nope, this is totally safe, not a risk at all. What about nipple stimulation causing uterine activity? Yeah, so some people talk about using nipple stimulation to bring on labor. This does actually take a fair bit of stimulation to cause uterine contractions. So a light touch with foreplay is unlikely to put you into labor. That being said, if you do notice at any point during a foreplay or intercourse that you're having painful tightenings of your uterus, you should stop and rest. So apart from avoiding intercourse, if you have a placenta previa, are there any types of sexual activity that people should avoid in pregnancy? There are a few things. So if you're practicing anal intercourse, don't have vaginal intercourse right after, this could increase your risk of infection. As well, if you practice BDSM, you do have to take some extra safety precautions. 
I would recommend being careful around things like restraints as pregnancy associated swelling can make them too tight. You want to avoid muzzling as it's really important to communicate with your partner if anything doesn't feel right or is causing unusual pain. Definitely don't do anything that could hit or injure the belly or cut off blood supply. Make sure to avoid any choking as that could decrease oxygen supply to the baby. And again, if you have a question about a specific sexual practice, bring it to your healthcare provider. We've probably heard it all. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Okay. I recognize that this is a complex question, but before we talk about sex after pregnancy, can you tell me a little bit about what we know about the female libido or desire for sex, as that may help to explain some of what to expect after having a baby? Right. So as you know, the female libido is really complicated, and there are many different factors that can play a role either in promoting or decreasing libido. Some of the key factors that I look at when I'm talking to someone who has concerns about their level of desire are their anatomy, their hormones, their relationship, uh, their mental state, any mental health concerns, as well as levels of stress and fatigue. All of those things, as you can imagine, can be significantly impacted by having a baby from the anatomical changes or injuries associated with having a delivery from the hormonal changes, as well as to things like being tired or being at risk for postpartum depression after having the little one. The good news is that these things almost always recover, although maybe not quite to the level that you had before having the little one. Little people can impact your sex life for 18 years and beyond. Again, I recognize that sex is more than just intercourse. I've certainly had patients ask about when they can resume sexual activity when they're being discharged after delivery. What's your advice to them? So I recommend waiting to be sexually active until about six weeks after delivery. This will give time for your body to heal up, for any stitches to dissolve, and tears to fully come back together. If you or your partner are raring to go before that six-week mark, you certainly can consider oral intercourse. Unless your doctor's told you you have a tear near the clitoris, then I would still wait to that six-week mark. When you see your healthcare provider at your six-week postpartum visit, they can do an exam to make sure that you're fully healed up, give you the A-OK to go ahead safely. They will also make a plan with you for birth control at that time. So if a woman's had a vaginal delivery, they may have a tear and stitches that typically take six weeks to dissolve, as you said. And if they've had a cesarean section, they may have pain or discomfort with healing. But if somebody didn't have a C-section or didn't have any tears, could they have intercourse sooner than that? Sure. So there can still be swelling as well as bleeding in that initial postpartum period. So I tell people to use caution. There isn't actually a lot of good studies in the literature or evidence that we can go on to guide us as to when it is in fact safe to resume intercourse. So we do have to use a little bit of our common sense. So if uh, you feel physically and mentally ready and you have a reliable form of birth control to use, then you consider going ahead. But again, listen to your body. If things don't feel right, dial it back. Do you have any practical tips on getting back into intercourse? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, it is normal to be a little bit nervous about having intercourse after having a baby. Some key things to be prepared for. First of all, make sure there's lots of foreplay and you're fully ready to go ahead. You may find that you need some extra lubricant, so be prepared to have lube on hand ahead of time. Go nice and slow and gentle. 
listen to your body. It's also really important that you have good communication with your partner so that they're aware that they need to go slow and that at some point you may need to ask them to stop or slow down. If you're feeling any pain or discomfort, it's important to communicate that your partner right away and either modify or stop what you're doing. What if they're breastfeeding? How does that impact on sexual activity? There's a few different ways that breastfeeding can impact the sexual activity. First of all, I do want to mention that some women may find that breastfeeding can cause sexual arousal. This is normal and not a cause for alarm, although some people do find it distressing. The hormone changes that can occur during orgasm may also cause a milk letdown and can lead to the breast milk leaking during sex. So either feeding the baby or pumping right before intercourse can help decrease this or just wear a bra with some nursing pads inside to catch any leakage. Breastfeeding can also make the breasts more sensitive and the usual foreplay may not be as enjoyable. Again, make sure that you communicate this to your partner if something that usually works for you too, is no longer on the table while you're breastfeeding. The other big impact that we see of breastfeeding is on vaginal dryness. When you're breastfeeding, this can cause the levels of estrogen in your body to be lower. This can lead to vaginal dryness and also to pain during intercourse. A good quality lubricant can help a lot with this. Or your doctor can prescribe a small amount of a vaginal estrogen cream if the lubricant is not doing the trick. It's exhausting and stressful having a new baby. You're not sleeping. You're probably barely thinking about what you should eat as your priorities are with the baby. You're counting the number of wet diapers. When do most couples start to resume sexual activity? All those things can play a big role in getting back to sexual activity. And so what we know is that about half of women have resumed sexual activity by five to six weeks of postpartum. That number increases quite a bit to about 90% resuming sexual activity by three months. We talked about postpartum contraception with Ashley Waddington and Melinda Radoa in a previous podcast episode that people might want to listen to for ideas. Yes, this is very important. So you don't want to get your groove back only to lose it right away to an unplanned pregnancy. And we know unplanned pregnancy is a risk for low libido. Make sure that you have a good plan in terms of contraception, communication, lubricant before you go ahead. Any final thoughts or advice that you want to give women and their partners? As we've talked about, postpartum mental and physical changes can impact your sex life, but many will resolve with time. It sometimes feels like it's forever in that initial period, but baby will start to sleep and so will you. But if things aren't improving, there is help out there. If you feel like a low mood is contributing to a lack of desire, make sure you speak to your healthcare provider as this could be a sign of postpartum depression and we'd want to get you on treatment for this. Do not suffer in silence if sex is painful. This is not normal. Speak to your healthcare providers. So they can help you figure out what's going on. Many of these conditions are treatable. For example, there's some excellent treatment options available such as pelvic floor physiotherapy, which is so helpful for many women and we've had great success with. So speak to your healthcare provider if you do have any concerns. We are happy to help. Thank you so much, Marissa, for taking the time to join us to discuss sexual health after pregnancy, but also during pregnancy. I want to thank our guest as well as Adelaide Burroughs, who helped to produce this podcast and for those behind the scenes. We'll put links to more information on this and other topics on our website, www.themothersprogram.ca. 
The Mothers Program is all one word. If you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for topics or people that we should interview, please use the contact section on our website. The next podcast, we will be speaking with Dr. Jessica Dye, an associate professor at the University of Ottawa. We're going to be speaking about having a vaginal birth after a cesarean section. Until then, be safe. (music) 